Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Ready to Mosh. What? I should say something after. Um, yeah, welcome. In this episode, we have the usual news reviews, history news. We're looking at movie metal and we have a recommendation. We do. I think that's it. Have I missed anything? Don't think you have. No, right. Let's crack on with the news then. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I've got two. One's a bit of a non item, to be honest. And then, how is a non-ice well, news then? Well, I'll tell you. I'll go first with that one. Okay. It's an announcement about an announcement. We all love an announcement about oh, an announcement. Yeah. Um, announcement about a Bloodstock announcement, which is on the 11th of October. This goes out on the 10th of October. So for next week's episode on the 17th, we'll know what was in the announcement and we'll actually be able to talk about that as a news item. But for now, it's just an announcement about an announcement. Right, well, I'm going to put my psychic hat on, my Mystic Meg cap, mm. and I'm going to say that it's an announcement about an announcement, because that's what it always is. It's not with Bloodstock. They're usually quiet on it, aren't they? Yeah. We've not made any predictions for Bloodstock, have we? We've not, we've not, but the fact that, I mean, they've the, already announced... They say they've already announced a chunk, haven't they? So Yeah, so I can't see yeah. them announcing a, a huge amount. There's another headliner to add on, and two Sophie Stage headliners, I think, plus a lot of small bands they usually do quite a few little and often i think with their announcements don't they yeah Mm, so anyway we'll see you next week okay uh do you want to do your second piece um can do my second one is that eric and stephen have left fever 333 meaning that there's just jason alon so currently fever 111 perhaps yeah that's a (laughs) yeah anyway um so there were posts on social media by both Arik and Stephen about them leaving. I think one of them said something along the lines of things were bad internally, they got creative differences, they were going their own way, and there was an implication they might do a project together. Two, two, two. Two, 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 perhaps. Um, and then, Desmond. Yeah, Desmond. Fever Desmond. Then a couple of days later, Jason made a statement just to say pretty much thank you to Arik and Stephen for everything they've done for the band blah, 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 and he's looking forward to the next era of Fever 333. So <laughs> looks like the UK and EU tour, they've got planned for January time. That would be still going ahead, I assume. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see who gets drafted in for that. Okay. One of the things I've got is that Rage Against the Machine have cancelled the rest of their 2023 North American tour dates. Okay. When were they for, then? Uh, 2023. <laughs> Obviously. On which months of 23 do we know? The dates aren't listed from what I've seen. Oh, I just wonder if it was the start, so maybe they might be rescheduled towards the end, or if there's still I, I chance imagine, of well, festivals. The fact that they were touring, I'd suggest it's probably going to be the start. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, so Zach's leg injury is pretty much worse than everybody thought. He had a torn Achilles tendon, and he's been told not to tour under medical advice. Can't he just sit down? Well, yeah. I'm not being uh, funny. Marilyn Manson did it when he broke his leg. 
Dave Grohl did it too. Yeah, well, they did, mm. but um, I'm sure I read somewhere his leg was that bad that he had such severe tear, only 8% of the tendon was left intact. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So I don't think getting excited at any point and moving around is yeah. probably a good idea. Okay. I mean, yeah, they're not very much of a sit-down band, are they? No. Well, that's the other thing. They're quite a... They're not a band that ju- that just sits around, are they? It's not no. like it's a... You know, it's not like it's an acoustic set anywhere no. in there. So he's doing what they tell him. He's doing what... Yeah. He's doing what they tell him. Uh, another piece of music news. Ramstein have filed a motion to legally prevent... Via Gogo from reselling their tickets on their forthcoming European tour. Interesting. It is. However, I've been on Via Gogo and tickets are on there. Oh, that went well. Well, the motion's been filed, but I'm mm. assuming that they've not had the um, they've not had a ruling on it yet. Okay. And that's it. That's the only reason I can think. The band plan to counter inflated reselling, and it's going to limit ticket sales purely to eventing. Okay. And then after that, the names will be printed directly onto the tickets and the matching ideas required to get into the venues. Oh, see how that works, I suppose, really. I mean, these days it's electronic tickets, so your names, they can change things on electronic tickets, can't they? So, Yeah. Because I've seen it where we've bought some and then the support bands have changed, but then when you download your ticket, it's got the right support bands on. So I imagine that would be a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Mm. You can edit the files. I seem to recall Maiden doing that a few years ago. Oh, that sounds familiar, yeah. They were making everybody have matching IDs and yeah. printed everybody's name on the and tickets. that was in the days of printed tickets, wasn't it? Yeah, so that would have been, what's that, about 2015, 2016, somewhere around yeah. there? But yeah, I, I do remember Maiden doing that. So, mm. But I'm glad somebody's taken the go on. Yeah, people need to do it, don't they? Yeah. I know years and years ago, Pildam tried it with Ticketmaster, which didn't have much success, but... Yeah, it's the only way that something might get done about it, isn't it? Yeah, the reselling's a huge mm. issue. And a band the size of Ramstein that sell a lot of tickets, it needs to be someone like that, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know they're going to sell out arenas. So mm. it's, you know, stadiums. They, well, stadiums, yeah. They're going to sell 60,000 tickets at every gig that they do. Mm. When they do a whole European tour, that's a hell of a lot of money. Mm. Well done, then. Yes. I'd say well done in German, but I don't know what it is. Okay, review time. So I've got a couple of albums, one of which is shared with you because you've listened to it too. I have, and then a song from that. I've got an album and an EP. Okay. One's more of a review, one's more of a lengthier mention than a full-on review. Well, should we kick off with the album we've both been listening to first? Why not? Slipknot. The end so far. Hmm. 12 tracks, 57 minutes. What do you think? I think it's better than some of the previous albums. I've listened to it quite a few times. It's slightly growing it's, it's on getting, me. It's, kind of, it's getting better. Yeah, it's, it's not. Getting... It's nowhere near there yet. It, it feels like something's missing for me. Yeah, it but... feels a bit disjointed. <laughs> yeah, in places it does. I feel like I need to listen to it more, but at the same time, at the moment, I don't know if I want to right now listen to it more because I have <laughs> listened to it quite a bit. Yeah, I've listened to it quite a lot. I mean, I really like track one. I'm going to say that straight off. I like it, but not as a Slipknot song. Yeah, it's it reminds me of Sound City that Dave Grohl, Josh Homman, Trent Reznor did mm. together. Yeah, I can see that. It's got really slow tempo. It's got lots of layers to it. 
And it's really surprising opener, actually. I yeah. wasn't expecting them to do that. Now, I fir- when I first listened to it on its release day, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Literally yeah. on a post-it note. I told you, didn't I? Oh, yes, you did. I mean, I, I, I do like that. But I think after listening to a couple of the singles beforehand as well, I was expecting something different to start with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of caught you out. Yeah. And I know they do kind of have random opening tracks, don't they? Yeah. But And with it being so long as well. It's not just like a little snappy one-minute intro no, like I was. I can't remember what it is. It's about three minutes. It's about five minutes. Oh, is it five minutes? Yeah. I think that's half the problem. It's quite repetitive. So I think maybe if it was only three minutes, I might warm to it more. Anyway, Mixed decisions on. there, then. Dying song next. I don't like the first 20 seconds, but once it kicks in, for me, it's like Slipknot, Red Album era. Same. I've got exactly the same down. Straight from first album or possibly Iowa. And I really like this. Yeah. It's, um, it, it reminded me a lot of Wait and Bleed, actually. Yeah. I can imagine it following on from that. Yeah. And I think through the entire album, actually, there's a lot more scratching from Sid on it. Yeah. Hell of a lot more. And it feels like that's going in the right direction, mm. too. Yeah. Um, Chapel Town Rag, that was the first single, wasn't it, from last year? Yeah. And I that's, remember, that's grown on me a bit now. Yeah, I did like it when it first came out, and that gave me quite a bit of hope for the album, because it reminds me of Iowa era. So I was expecting yeah. something more along those lines as a whole for the album, I think. Yeah, again, completely agree. Next one, I can't remember what the name of the track is. Yen is next. I've Yen. not noted down every song. I've just, no, from I've, here onwards, I've, I've just noted a few, actually. But yeah, I've, I've not noted everything. the but. most recent single, isn't it? A slower one. Yeah, that's possibly my favourite song on the album. See, I thought that was okay, but that is growing on me more. Mm. It's got a nice, com- I think it's got a nice combination of like, quiet vocals mm. and then and then it just gets really visceral in places. Yeah, it just mm. it works really well for me. I, that's probably my favourite. Yeah, and I think after then, the rest of it, I just I've just been kind of switching off almost. It just seems to pass me by. There's a couple of songs I've noted down, but the rest, nothing stood out yet. Yeah, I think the next two tracks are really skippable. Mm. <laughs> they just didn't impress me at all. Yeah. And the seventh track on the album, I felt it was like so many other bands that are out there at the moment, mm. where it's trying to build an atmosphere for something. You know, that kind of, atm- mm. you know, yeah, like that big crescendo of atmosphere. And then, mm. but they've done it badly because nothing really happens. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. And yeah, so I wasn't too keen on that. And the, the one after... Is absolutely terrible. Next one I've noted down is Heirloom, which is track nine. And my note for that just says, quite catchy, I like the solo, but not great. <laughs> I've literally put not great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually put that. Yeah. I think we're in agreement on this mm. album all the way through. Yeah. Next two tracks I've not really noted anything much about. Yeah, the next one, um, I'm actually just trying to find the track names because I'm very unprepared. So I do apologise. Someone's not done their homework properly. I did. I just forgot to write the track names down. Yeah, you wrote the numbers, but not the names. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the next one is H377. Oh, yeah. Which I thought mm. was better than the previous two tracks. It's a, a lot better. It's a better turn of pace, mm. and it's more like old Slipknot. Yeah. So I did like that one. The last one, uh, sorry, is it Desaad? Track 11? I thought that was really interesting. It kind of works. I like the reverb on it. And I think they could have finished with that one, to be honest. Because the last one, Finale. No, it's just very slow, very... I mean, you've got different layers in it with your strings and keys and stuff, and it kind of builds, but it doesn't really go anywhere. You can, you can lose 90 seconds from the start on yeah. that for me. Straight, mm. There's no point to the first 90 seconds. 
totally unnecessary. Yeah, it's kind of, for me, bookended. The whole album's bookended by songs longer than they need to be. Yeah, there's a lot of and that in it. And there's glimmers of hope in the middle. But I think it's a return to better ways, but I don't think they're there yet. No. I think they need to, I know, it just needs to be a lot tighter. Cause mm. I think some of the tracks on there were just yeah. didn't do anything for me. No. Marks out of ten? Like seven, seven and a half. I was thinking six and a half to seven. Ooh. It has grown on me a little, but not in a huge one. I'll probably give it a couple of weeks and maybe listen again. See how I feel then. See if it upgrades yeah. it. But for now, lead to rest. The end so far. The end so far is... is paused. <laughs> yeah. Have you only got one of the one? Yeah. The only other thing I've been listening to is another album. Okay. Do you want to do that? I don't mean to do... No, you, you go for yours. Okay, my next one then is Sabaton's Weapons of the Modern Age EP. Yeah. So it's a six-track EP, and it's the first of an EP trilogy, Echoes of the Great War, when it's carrying on from the last two full albums on the whole World War One theme that they've been doing for a few years now. Yeah. There's two tracks that are on the last album... Stormtroopers and Dreadnought, so they're off the war to end all wars. Yeah, I, I quite like I'd forgot how much I like Sabaton. Yeah, I don't really listen to Sabaton that much, to be honest. I, don't, I listened to them quite a bit when they were at Download a few years ago, and then they just kind of fell off my radar a bit, and then I've heard the odd single from the last couple of albums. But yeah, I was getting quite into all of this. Um, so, as I said, it's going through kind of the World One history, World War One history, this EP focusing on the science and technology of it. So that comes through in the lyrics. They talk yeah. about such things, things like chemical warfare, all cheery stuff. So that's on track one, Father. It's kind of a piano intro, slower. So you couldn't have picked anything opener. more bleak to listen to. No. <laughs> the lyrics are bleak, but it's got that upbeat, power metal, gallopy. Like the next song, Red Baron, that's really fast and gallopy and really catchy. I love that one. That's probably my favourite of the six tracks. Other one that I noted was Future of Warfare, which is track five, that is. Very theatrical, chorusy, kind of builds as it goes through. But yeah, it's just kind of full-on power metal, lots of solos, twiddly bits, big shouty, not shouty, you know, big chorus yeah. lines. Pretty standard Sabaton fair in terms of sound, but all good. And this is all building up to their full-length musical film that they're having released next year, which is World War One via animation and live action, all to the soundtrack of all of these songs that they've been doing for the past, no, probably three or four years now. Mm. So looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. Okay. So yeah, if you're a fan of Sabaton and or World War One history, it's <laughs> that, all good. It's, it's, it's yeah. a choice for you. Okay, well, I've also been listening to the new Drowning Pool album called mm. Strike a Nerve, and it's really, really good. Um. uh Please, I managed to get some time to listen to this. I listened to it quite a few times this week, and it's still kind of like three quarters of the original lineup. Uh, but obviously, no Dave Williams, and it's actually still Jason Moreno, who's done his third album with the band. Yeah. So there was, uh, yeah, so there was Jason before, who mm. did two. Oh, sorry, did one album, and Ryan from Soil did two. I and, forget he did that. Yeah, I do. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he, he did two albums and then went back to join Soil. Uh, but yeah, Jason Moreno's done three now, which is the longest of any vocalist for Drowning Pool. And yeah, I think it's a great album. First track's really good, and it's a great intro for what comes. Second track, Hate Against Hate. Imagine Faith No More 
static eggs, soil and drowning pool, stick mm-hmm. them in a blender, and that's this song. It's really good. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you'll really like this album, actually. The third track, Stay and Bleed, is... You know, lots of distortion, and some great vocals, drum work, and it's very Avenged Sevenfold, actually. Mm. That seems to run quite quite a bit through this album. It does sound quite a lot like that. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like, the whole thing's very much Avenged Sevenfold, but with a kind of like a drowning pool twist to it. Mm. So the album itself is definitely for fans of kind of like old, new metal, mm. and kind of like this, you know, this new wave yeah. of new metal that we're kind of yeah. getting now. So for anybody who's fans of that, you'd absolutely love it. Uh, another great track on there is Racing to a Red Light. Loads of really good riffs. It sounds like classic Drowning Pool. The sixth one I wasn't so struck on, which is Choke. Mm. It, it just didn't really do it for me. But the, the next track, Everything But You, really picks back up again. And yeah, that'll that'll really work for Drowning Pool fans. Down in the Dirt, it's track eight. Really angry, really fast. Keeps the pace going. Uh, straight into track nine, which is Rope, which again sounds like old Drowning Pool. It's actually, I think this is the one that kind of, like, as I was going through the album, I got to track nine and I was like, I really want to watch Drowning Pool. Mm. It's like, you, you know, when, yeah. you, when you start listening to a band and then you go, oh, I miss these. I need to see them. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping we'll get a chance to watch them probably next year now. Track 10, The Devil More Damned. Uh, slightly weaker than the rest, I think. And they, they could have probably finished without this one. Yeah, I think it's... Like overall, the albums for anybody who likes Drowning Pool, anybody like I said, anybody who likes new metal, Avenged Sevenfold, new wave of new metal, anybody who likes that, you'll love it. And the whole thing through the album as well, it's very, it does seem like it's a grown up Drowning Pool now. Mm. It's, you know, you know what I mean. You know, obviously we remember the original new metal era, yeah. and it's kind of that, but more, but just just a grown up sound to it. Yeah, and it, it really really works. So, yeah, I'm quite happy I've had a chance to listen to this. I'll give it a listen. Do that. Right. Last up, I've got Strigoi Viscera. Viscera? Viscera. Viscera. I've not got a fully in-depth review on this because I'm still listening to it, but I wanted to give it a mention just as something different. Mm-hmm. So Strigoi, if you're not familiar, is Greg McIntosh from Paradise Lost, who then formed Valenfire. They ended a few years ago and he came out with Strigoi, who he's doing with Chris Casket. I can't remember who he was in, what band he was in. And now they've also got Ben from Satyricon in okay. as well and someone else. So it's kind of... It's almost a super group. Almost though, a super it? group, I guess. Yeah. It's a really interesting album. It's 10 tracks and it is a complete mix of kind of long, doomy metal tracks mixed with very short kind of fast black metal tracks. So you've got songs that are anywhere between five and eight minutes and some that are only two and a half. Okay. But it kind of flows well. It doesn't sound disjointed because it's all got that same kind of dark undertone to it. So it yeah. flows along. Um, standout tracks I've noticed so far is track two, King of All Terror, which is one of the shorter ones. It follows the opening track that's about six minutes long and then it comes in about two and a half minutes. It's really fast, really kind of raw, gruff vocals. And then it goes off onto a longer track again hollow is track five that is kind of really eerie almost with the guitar it's quite yeah. slow um, and then it kind of builds into heavier drums it's quite slow almost methodical chugging in the background hmm. and it's probably not explaining it very well I'll, I'll have to give it a listen yeah and then final track track 10 iron lung that is the longest it's about eight minutes 
on that one again it's really kind of slow bass it's got quite a haunting guitar melody yeah. going through it overall it's quite a dark bleak and brutal album mm-hmm. but yeah i wanted to give it a listen because when i was looking through the new releases for this week i just thought i know the name from somewhere street and they were at bloodstock but they got drafted in quite last minute to replace someone else okay and i don't think i had a chance to listen to them beforehand had I done so, I would have given them a watch because I think they'd have worked really well. They were in the Sophie tent. Yeah. But yeah, if you're in the mood for something dark and bleak and brutal. Hey, it's dark nights are drawing in. Everybody's exactly. up for that now. Yeah, give that a listen. I'm going to give it a few more listens and just really get into it a bit more. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll try and find some time to check that out. Yeah. In between following out what we've got next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's quite a lot coming up over yeah. October, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. We've got quite a list to get through. Right, so it's time for Rock the Week, when we look back on this week in rock and metal history. I thought you were going to applaud me for getting it out quickly. <laughs> no, no. Can you tell I've just had a coffee and it's the afternoon? Yeah. Right, so we're on the 10th to the 16th of October that we're looking back on this week. I've got four random bits and bobs. What have you got? I've got one album that I want to talk about. Okay. I will kick off as always then. So I know that we did have a random Aerosmith one last week. And I think we've had a random Aerosmith one before. But we've got another one again. They seem to, I don't know, be incident prone, unsurprisingly. (laughs) Anyway, so on the 10th of October 1978, Joe and Stephen got injured while on stage in Philadelphia because somebody threw a cherry bomb on stage and it exploded. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. Shows the difference in security from back in the day because now you can't even get... Anything over 500ml liquid in, I think, is it? It's going to be sealed. I don't know, that's aeroplanes, isn't it? If you went to a festival, you can't take unsealed bottles to a certain size. Yeah, but in terms of just like gigs and stuff and, you know, your metal detectors that you get now and all sorts. I mean, I've had, um, what did I get took off me once at a Marilyn Manson gig? Something studded? No, my um, face powder. They didn't like that. Anyway, yeah, so they got injured on stage and they played behind a safety fence for the rest of the tour. Okay. See if ghosts get that. Maybe, yeah. Tobias's phobia of bottles in the front blocks. Next up, keeping with the theme of bands from that era getting injured, on the 12th of October 2005, Tommy Lee had minor burns at a Motley Crue show in Casper, Wyoming. Setting fire to his own farts? No, it was pyro. She went off and he burnt his arms and face while he was 30 foot above the stage doing his twirly roundy thing. Nice. Mm. Or not in his case. Oh, yeah. Not in his case. The next one, which is something that passed me by, which amused me. Amused me. Okay. Go on. See Um, where this is going. On the 13th of October 2002, apparently Muse took legal action against Celine Dion. She keeps popping up, doesn't she, as well? (laughs) I would for crimes against music. Um, This was because she had a Vegas residency show, residency show, called Muse, and they didn't want people to think that they were associated with it, so they took legal action. I don't quite know how they expected to win that. I don't know, because it's just a word, isn't it? Yeah. And I didn't actually look up the outcome of it, but yeah. Damn, I want to know. I can't see Muse winning that. If you remind me, I'll try and look it up and feed back next week. Yeah, we keep saying that, but we never do. We never do, do we? <laughs> Finally, on the 12th of October 2001, Wes Borland left Limp Bizkit 
to return in 2009. Yeah, I was going to say he came back. He came back, but he left for eight years. Yeah, he left a couple of times. Yeah, probably. I can't remember. But anyway, that happened and that's my lot. All right. Well, I've got one thing and it's not that far back, actually. It's 2020. So it's only a couple of years ago. Oh, but a whole pandemic ago. A whole pandemic ago, yeah. And it was the number one album in the UK rock and metal album charts, which was Oms, or Oms, by uh, Deftones. Is that that new? Yeah. I feel like that's older. I I thought it was older. But yeah, Mm. it came out in 2020. And it's a real kind of return to form for Deftones, Mm. this album. It's, I'd probably say it's about my second favourite album, probably after White Pony. Really? Yeah, I really rate this album. I it's, liked it, but I don't think I put it quite up there. Maybe top four. So what would you put? Um, Around the Fur Above It? Yeah, I'd put Around the Fur Above and, It. White Pony's my favourite. and Is it Koi? Yeah, I was going to say the one that came out. 2012. 2012's Fish, yeah, we saw them in 2013, didn't we, on that tour? On that tour, yeah. yeah. I really liked that one. I'd probably put that probably on a par with Ohms, actually. So, yeah, joint third. Yeah, I mean, I think you should listen to it again, because it it is a really amazing album. I think it's it's definitely one of the best ones they've done. And it's the final album with Sergio Vega. Oh. Yeah. So he left after that, and Vega joined after Chi Chang had the car crash. Mm, So he came in and replaced him. Yeah, it also got to number one in the UK album charts. Did it? Yeah, that caught me, caught me by surprise. And it got to number five on the US Billboard. That I can imagine. Yeah, I can see it mm. doing well on the US Billboard, but I'm, I was amazed it got to number one in the UK album charts mm. because, you know, Deftones are a very Marmite band, aren't they? They are, yeah. And the, I don't feel like they're as big across the board as they were kind of back in the Late day. Late 90s, yeah. yeah. And I kind of pulled off from memory kind of like my three favourite tracks which were Genesis era obviously the uh, title was the album but I listened to it again today and it's just it's not got a skippable song on it it's mm-hmm. it's every single one's an absolute belter so yeah uh, that that was number one in 2020 and it, it was only 2020 because it was delayed because of the pandemic so I think they had a slight delay on because the pandemic oh was, is what you mean yeah because we're in October aren't we so. yeah yeah, so that's why it was, I think it was delayed slightly because of that. But yeah, mm. absolutely amazing album. Okay, that's this week in history then. Right, main section time, and it's metal movie music. Mm. Or movie metal music. Still can't remember which way around, but you know, it's metal music from movies. Yeah. You get the gist. So we've picked, I think, three films each. Yeah that have got a lot of metal music, alternative music, rock music in the soundtracks and featuring in the movies. Yeah, that's the one. Do you want to start off with your first selection? My first one is I've gone horror-y fil- horror-y themed with mine because obviously October, Halloween, not that I need an excuse for Halloween, but you know. Yeah. So my first one is Idle Hands. Never seen it. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. I thought you would have. Because I've seen just about every single horror movie. Yeah, I just thought it was the sort of thing you'd watch as well, because it's, it's not a serious horror, it's like a comedy horror, daft, you know. Yeah, I, I might have done The title rings a bell, I just yeah. really hand can't remember it. I'm doing the hand thing now, you can't see it. It does ring a bell, yeah. but it, 
it's obviously wiped from my mind. Yeah. So anyway, basically, possessed hand. Okay. Yep. Goes around killing, I suppose. Yep. That's the one. Idle hands and all that make yep. some. I think they Idle said in the Bible. Idle hands make the devil's work. Yeah. So some really cool songs in this one. Or what we got in it? I've just picked out four in particular off the soundtrack. Okay. Just to mention, because there's loads, so I didn't want to just spiel through all of them. Um, first one is Offspring Beheaded. All right. Okay. Good start. Next one is Dragula by Rob Zombie. I absolutely love Dragula. Who doesn't? Yeah. Next one is Static X Push It. Again, I love Static X. Yeah. yeah. Great song. And finally, Motley Crue Shout at the Devil. Okay. Not a huge <laughs> crew fan, but I do like that song. Yeah. That's I mean, Shout at the Devil. Classic. Song. Yeah. So, yeah, they were my top picks from that. Um, but, like I said, there's loads more on the soundtrack. So, yeah, I never think to actually just listen to soundtracks these days. I think I went through a bit of a phase of it at one point. Yeah, I, I did the same. But there did used to be a point when you'd get good songs in soundtracks. Mm, and Yeah. I think that sort of thing's, I don't know, it's just not really there anymore. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it's, it's for alternative music, I don't think. I think alternative music kind of had a big push, mm, probably kind of 80s, 90s. Into the noughties. Into this the was, noughties, yeah. This was 1999 when this was released. Yeah. I think the other thing is as well, I don't really watch a lot of modern new films, so not really up to date on such things anyway. Yeah, I do, but the, the whole tone of films has changed in mm. general anyway. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's my first your first pick. One, I didn't realise when I was reading it, I suppose this is probably applicable to most films anyway, but there are songs on the soundtrack that aren't in the film. Yes. Which is fairly normal, I guess, but there are some fil- songs that are in the film that aren't on the soundtrack. That's unusual. Which is unusual. Off the top of my head, I can't remember which ones they were. Yeah, they usually include everything that was the, on the soundtrack. Film, and then you get kind of extras music inspired by, don't you? But, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the Spider-Man so, one was... A- a big one, wasn't it? In music inspired by, by Spider-Man. Yeah, the and one. It was Corey Taylor on there, Nickelback were on. Well, it was Chad Kroger doing solo, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a bit like, oh, the first time Corey went, Fact, just did Corey, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, remember that. Um, that was around the same time, actually, wasn't it? It must have been around yeah, it would have been early noughties, I think. Yeah, it was like 90s. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, great songs, all fitting well with the film. So, yeah, watch right. it if you've not. I still think I've seen it. <laughs> it's a long time since I've seen it, to be honest. All right. Well, my first pick is from an incredible film, but the soundtrack isn't what you'd class as a typical alternative soundtrack, mm. but it is by an alternative band. Yeah. And it's Social Network. Ah, yes. And it's the sound, the soundtrack for it was by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yes, I remember. And it is absolutely amazing. It's it's. All synth, kind of electro, very kind of low-key, very... I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Very uh, light kind of piano synth. Yeah. And, yeah, there's um, some great stuff on there. In particular, Hand Covers Bruise, which I think is the opening to it. And, yeah, I think it actually opens a film up, and that is really, really good. There's a couple of tracks on there as well. One's called Magnetic, and another one is called A Familiar Taste which are also incredible songs, and they are actually reworked from the from the Ghost albums. Yeah. Where there were, Nin released five albums, I think, or something like that, for free, yeah. where you could download them. Yeah, I remember And I think, you, I think you were actually given the option to 
edit them and send your own back to really? to nails as well. Yeah, I don't remember that. And basically, you could rework them, and but but they reworked uh, magnetic from Ghost Two, and the familiar taste was on Ghost Five. So they they kind of reworked mm. the previous stuff and put it and released it on that as well. And that actually um, that soundtrack actually won them a Golden Globe and an Oscar. For, obviously for best yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I remember it being really good and it just all worked really well with the film. Yeah, it just flows through it, it really just, well. Almost like you couldn't tell it was a soundtrack, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I think unless you knew who Reznor and Atticus Ross were, you wouldn't have a clue about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just really, really good. So that's my first pick. Okie dokie. My second one is Ginger Snaps. Never seen it. Again, I'm going to say Really? Yeah, I, I don't even know the title. Okay. Do you not? No. Okay, it was out in 2001. And long story short, girl gets bit, becomes a werewolf. Teenage girl goes around killing things. Mm-hmm. That's the short story. I don't want to say too much, don't spoil it, but you know. Yeah, okay. Who's on that one? Um, there is loads from around that time, so it's quite new metally. You've got Godhead, remember them? I do remember Godhead, yeah. yeah. Inside You. Kill Switch, oh. Temple from Within. Yeah. Um, this one I'd forgot about. It is Soulfly featuring Chino Marina. Oh, from Death Times. The very one, because what other ones well, are there? <laughs> Touche. Yeah. First Commandment, Fear Factory, Cloning Technology, Machine Head, Desire to Fire, Hate Breed, Burial for Living, and Cradle of Filth, Her Ghost in the Fog. I love that song. Yes. Yeah, look forward to it. It's my favourite Cradle song, I think. Yeah, it is. One. I think it is mine. But yeah, that's just a few of them. It's got really good, strong soundtrack. That sounds really mm. heavy for a soundtrack. Yeah. All, you know, Machine Head. Mm. Uh, did you say Fear Factory? Fear Factory, yeah, uh, Hate Breed. That's really heavy mm. soundtrack. I'm, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, it's a long, long, long time since I've seen this film, but from what I remember, it all kind of works with it well. And, you know, sometimes you watch a film, you think that song's just stuck in there for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, why is that, what that, kind yeah. of sponsorship deal was that yeah. in aid of? And... Exactly. And again, I don't think all of them are necessarily in the film. I think some are just, you know, inspired by and all that. But okay. I'd forgotten how good the soundtrack to it was. So I was yeah. just looking around and thinking what films can talk about that have got loads of cool songs in and that. That, that came out. up, yeah. that stood out, definitely. All right. My next choice, I make no apologies for the film because the film is awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> That's it, selling it already. Yeah, but, but the soundtrack is incredible. And you'll be surprised about who's on it. So the film is Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, not seen it. Yeah, you're not missing a lot. It, it is. I remember watching it at the cinema and thinking it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so bad. Yeah, I do remember laughing in the cinema watching it. Yeah, it's just not my kind of thing, really. don't even know why I went to watch it. Mm-hmm. I think I'd seen that before the first one, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, you, but you don't need to watch the first one to see the second one. No. Yeah, and on this, this has got an incredible sound uh, sounds to it, though. Obviously, the lead single from it was Take a Look Around by Limp Biscuit. Oh, yes, know that one well. Yeah, which was the first release off Chocolate Starfish yeah. as well. And, yeah, I, I mean, it, I love absolutely love that. It's one of my favourite Limp Biscuit songs. Mm. The other big one on there is I Disappear by Metallica. Yeah, I don't like that. Do you not? I love that. I don't think I do, no. Again, and it's not a typical Metallica yeah. song, and I think that's why I like it so much. I think I can listen to it, but I'm not that keen on it as Metallica songs go. There's many more I'd rather listen to. 
Yeah, for me, for me, it's one of my favourites just because it is a little bit different. Yeah, I remember the video obviously interspersed with clips from the film. Yeah, with that being on, on a lot cliffs, of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was absolutely everywhere. Some of the other artists on this on this soundtrack, which you probably didn't know, and a bit of a surprise on there, uh, Book Cherry. Really? Yeah, Book Cherry are on there with Alone. Realise that. Uh, Chris Cornell's on there. Mm-hmm. So obviously he was doing films for a while then. I say as himself as in a solo one. Yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, it was just Chris Cornell. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was Mission Two Thousand. Godsmack are on there with Going Down. There's also Rob Zombie, Scum yeah. of the Earth. He gets around a he bit. Doesn't does he does get around a bit, and now obviously he's doing obviously his own he's films. Doing his, yeah. And the one that really kind of surprised me is the Butthole Surfers are on there. Really? Yeah. With they came in, I think it is. And yeah, I mean the film's a piece of shit, but the the soundtrack is really cool. Yeah. It's got some absolutely amazing tracks on there, and it's uh, yeah, it's really worth listening to. What's your third one? My third one is the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I've seen. Same. And it was okay. It was. It was all, remake, as far as remakes go, it was remakes okay. go. It wasn't bad. I thought actually. Yeah, I think it got panned a lot, but. But anyway, that has got some really cool songs on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. despite obviously being of the 70s. So did they use old songs in the soundtrack? No, they've or got the up-to-date one. Oh. Modern songs. Modern. The modern songs. Apart from um, Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama? That's the one, I think, yeah. That was Leonard Skinnerd, yeah. yeah. So yeah, some modern songs of the era 2003 that are on the soundtrack. There's Pantera. Okay, interesting. Immortally Insane. Yeah. Soil. Pride. Okay. Static X popping up again. Mm-hmm. Deliver Me. Lamb of God are on there with Ruin. And also Miss Sugar. Miss Sugar been around that long? Mm. Yeah. Wow. I know. I, th- I was like, really? I, I didn't think... I know they've been around a while, but yeah, I didn't... I didn't um, yeah, Rational Gaze by Miss Sugar is on there. Oh, right. So... Yeah. Yeah, for this one, it was um, there were two soundtracks. It was the the movie score, yeah, and then the music inspired the music by. Inspired by yeah. yeah, interesting about the linen skinned one because that I'm sure crops up on. Isn't that in House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects? Freebird. Oh, is it Freebird? Is on at the end of a thousand. Is it end of a thousand corpses? It's the one where they're the driving in, into the the distance to the police. Yeah. Um, roadblock. The roadblock. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Which and does work it, really well, it, it one that we've not mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely a worthy mention there. And obviously Rob Zombie made that one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got Sherry Moon Zombie as one of the main characters in it as well. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course, because she's in everything he does. Exactly, Robbing and not put the misses in, is he? <laughs> yeah. Well, my third and final one is from probably my favourite film of all time, and that's The Crow. Of course. Of course, yeah. I he mean, sat there under a crow poster as we speak. With a crow poster tattooed on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love this film. Loved it. Came out about 94, I think it was. Yeah. And it for me, this is the absolute best soundtrack I've ever heard. Um, you know, the bands on there are just amazing. The songs that they chose for it as well are just insane. So you've got... My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult are on there, After the Flesh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely quality song. You've got uh, Pantera doing a cover of The Badge, which is, you know, I love Pantera. Jesus and Mary Chain, uh, Snake Driver. Yeah. 
that was on there. The Henry Rollins Band with Ghost Rider. Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. Rage Against the Machine are on there with Darkness. And my favourite two tracks off it, Burn by The Cure. Yeah, I love that song. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely incredible. And my favourite song I think we've discussed before, which is a cover of Dead Souls by Nine Inch Nails. Yes, as featured in last week's episode, How I Met Your Cover. How I Met Your Cover, yeah. I mean, the film's amazing. It's stood the test of time. They're supposed to be remaking it, but that's been on and off for God knows how many years now. Yeah, they keep bringing it up, obviously. We've had a bit of a gap in anything being made, haven't we? But Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I hope hope they don't, and I don't Mm. think they'll ever get a soundtrack as good as this. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's... It is the best soundtrack I've ever heard. It's mm. absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, if you've never seen the film, you need to watch it. You need that film in your life. I've just got a couple of random tracks I was just going to mention. All right. Um, but also, with what you said a couple of films ago, Yeah. one that we haven't mentioned, obviously Chris Cornell doing the James Bond theme. I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he did the theme to uh, Wasn't Tomorrow Never Dies... It's one of the recent ones. Yeah, isn't it, it was. Uh, yeah, very recent Daniel Craig ones. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Is it that one? I think it was that yeah, one. Yeah, I've got the song in my head. But it was you name? Yeah. You know my name was the name yeah. of the song. Yeah, so I just thought we'd just give that a bit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Chris Cor- Chris Cornell um, seems to crop up a couple of times. Mm. And uh, yeah, obviously Rob Zombie's kind of like littered throughout yeah, everywhere. He's one of the ones I was going to mention All as right. well um, <laughs> with Living Dead Girl being in the Bride of Chucky soundtrack. Oh, is that in that? Yeah, I've not seen Bride of Chucky because... I haven't actually seen it. Or if I have, it was a long, 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 long time ago. But yeah, Living Dead Girl, which makes sense, doesn't it, I guess? Yeah. I bet the Monsters is going to have a Rob Zombie kind of theme yeah. theme soundtrack to it as well. See, they've just they finished making that now, haven't they? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that could be an interesting one mm. to look at. Yeah. Uh, my last one, just because we can't have an episode where I don't mention Ghost. Yeah. Um, Halloween Kills from last year, which for some reason we didn't actually see. Um, no, we didn't, did we? No. We, we saw... I thought the end of it, the one before that, really well, because that Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis in. Yeah, I think part of the reason we didn't go and see it was when it came out, cinemas were still a bit... Hit and miss. Hit and miss with what they were open with, whether you had to sit with a mask on the whole time, I can't remember. Yeah. And then... Maybe we'll watch it again now we've come around to October. But yeah, Hunter's Moon written for that, which is included on... Oh, was it written for that film? It was. Tobias was approached and asked to write a song for the film. And he wrote I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't, I thought it, was, it might have been that they just chose that song. No, I'm pretty sure he was approached to write it. And as a little horror nerd that he is, he was more than happy to do so. And I believe it's at the end credits. But having not seen it, can't confirm yet. All right. I, yeah, I didn't know that. That's um, that surprised me. Hmm. There you go. Any others you want to mention? Anything that's sprung to mind? I did look at the House with Housing and Corpses, but I think there's only one Rob Zombie song on there. Yeah, I feel like it should have more. Yeah, I looked at it online and I just can't find any mention of anybody mm. else, which I thought was a bit weird. I also thought White Zombie might have been approached to do something. I feel like they might be on some film somewhere. I'm sure they are. I, well, I thought White yeah. Zombie were... I, I thought they were on a couple of films, mm. at least. I'm sure some of the um, Friday the 13th, I think they'll be on yeah. some of those, or Freddy vs. Jason, I feel like that's got some on it. Yeah, Not or, necessarily White Zombie, I mean, yeah, but metal or like, rock um, songs. Was it, was it Jason X in space? Yeah. 
Yeah. Do, do you remember <laughs> that one? Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit that was. Yeah. Crucible Blind White Zombie were on some albums, but we'll have to have a look into it and find out. Yeah. Right, so the ready to mosh recommendation this week is a band that we've seen live and really blew us away, and that's These Wicked Rivers. Mm-hmm. They are a four piece from Derby. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> like all the best things are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, they've actually been around quite a while, longer than I realised. Their first EP was out in 2015. Yep. And. Their first full album, Eden, came out in 2020, full of good tracks. Yeah, it's a really good album. Yeah, I think my favourites are Evergreen, Shine On and Count to Ten. Yeah, Shine On's an absolute yeah, corker. Yeah, it's just yeah. a sing-along. It's just such a good, yeah. such a good track. Mm. Uh, yeah, they've got a, a new album is expected out next year as well. And that's going to come off the back of their tour that they're yeah. on at the moment. I think mm. it was about 23 dates. Yeah, with Hasty Dixie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And they're playing pretty much all over the UK mm. at the moment. So as this goes out there in Colchester, the Colchester Arts Club on the 11th, uh, Booking Hall at Dover on the 12th, Leamington Assembly on the 13th. There's the fundraiser at the Hairy Dog which I think you have to get tickets from their website for. Yeah. I think you can still get those. That's on the 14th in Derby. There's a Cambridge Junction on the 15th, but they are touring all over the UK until November. Yeah. And they are still crowdfunding for album two. And there's still loads of cool stuff that you can get off the website, as well as those tickets for the hairy dog. There's various T-shirts. I think we mentioned it before, actually, yeah, on the Mangard. Yeah. Not on the Mangard. No. Really. The Stone Dead review. Stone Dead review, yeah. Various bits of stage paraphernalia you can buy, all sorts. So Yeah, so there's the, yeah. the back sheets, there's the um, lamps. Yeah, they did have the whiskey tasting thing, but that's already been and gone because I saw some pictures on Instagram as Yeah, well. I think that had sold out as well. Yeah. So there's a, there's a few things that have sold out mm. on there, but there, there is some really cool stuff on there. And anybody who's a fan of sort of Blackstone Cherry, Rival Sons, kind of like a bluesy sound. Yeah. Anybody who likes that kind of stuff will absolutely love them. Yeah, really cool band and absolutely yeah. worth checking out. So Yeah, kind of bluesy, heavy, riffy. All of the um, all of their tour dates are on their website. Yeah. Uh, as well, so you can check those out there. And, and there's lots of stuff on Spotify, the EP I mentioned, another EP, the album, etc. So go give them a listen. Yeah, and they've also got a new single out, which is called... Sorry, you put me off. <laughs> Sorry, um, I thought you were going to mention the single name. <laughs> um, it's called Lonely Road. Lonely Road, yeah. Yeah. It's very different sounding to their previous stuff. Yeah, quite quite folky as well. Yeah, kind of folky, acoustic-y, and yeah, quite short. It's only just over two and a half minutes. Yeah, it is a short one, and but it is so catchy. It is. We were listening to it earlier, and then I've just been wandering around the house singing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's got a cool video as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's very it's kind of simple video, but effective. Yeah, it's just one, it's one room, isn't it? One room. John, the lead singer in there. Yeah. That's great as well, so go check that out on YouTube. Yeah, so that's the Ready to Mosh recommendation this week, These Wicked Rivers. Go look them up, go listen. Right, so that's another episode down. Um, Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Just search Ready to Moshcast. 
So give us a like and a follow on there. And if you like what you've been listening to, tell people about the podcast too. Give us a five-star review on Spotify or whatever streaming service you're using. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, I forgot. There's also the YouTube channel if you just search Ready to Mosh. And, yeah, so thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week. We will. Make it stop, Moog.